This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now! Hello, friends. Hello, Scott. Hello, Kat. How are you? Not that you're not one of my friends, but you know what I mean. Yes, I know. (laughs) I know. This is the introduction that us radio folks like to do. Uh, First off, just so you guys know, this week is a little weird with After 9. Brand new episode, obviously, right now. There's not going to be a new episode tomorrow, and that's mainly because we have uh, an important work meeting that we need to attend. There's also sucks no friday episode this week i know i'm sad about that sorry and guys sorely dis- i'm just kidding it's it's uh, important stuff that that scott has to tend to so we are in full support of that and thank we, you we will discuss that next week maybe maybe monday uh, maybe maybe uh, we're gonna throw maybe on that one uh and, and we'll even tell you why Probably. Okay. Monday. Fair enough. It's your choice. Lot to get to in this episode of After 9, and I feel like there's a lot of audio we got to play. Yeah. Stick around if you haven't heard it yet, and even if you have, the Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis apology for writing a character reference for Danny Masterson video that they shot is just abominable. We'll, We'll have that coming up in a few. But first off, let's go back to what happened on Friday. Premier Doug Ford at Ford Fest at Bingham's in Kitchener dropped something that I was a little surprised to hear the Premier say. But most important, most important is the parents' rights. The parents' rights to listen and make sure they are informed when their children make a decision. They can, you know, it's not up to the teachers, it's not up to the school boards, to indoctrinate our kids. You know, it's the parents' responsibility to hear what the kids are doing and not the school board. I can't even figure out what school boards do nowadays, by the way. And we're so... Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. What did he say at the end there? Right at the end. I'll play it for you again. Okay, please. The school board. I can't even figure out what school boards do nowadays, by the way. And we're so... I can't even figure out what school boards do nowadays. Uh, All of them? <laughs> Hang on now. Easy. Easy. I know he's, he's probably talking specifically about this issue and, and, and such, but uh, wow. I mean, good for him for taking a stance on this. Is, that, is there something to that? Well, Or are I, we surprised? Well, here's the thing. This is one of those issues that I feel like a lot of people are uncomfortable talking about the subject matter. And and it didn't just get discussed at Ford Fest. It was also a resolution voted on at the Conservative Conference this past weekend in Quebec City. The rights of parents to know what's going on with their kids at school. And the way that it's been presented now is your kid can go to school. They can use a boy as an example. Okay, I'll, I'll just use you as an example. Sure, a boy. sure. A boy could go to school. And go into the bathroom and put girls' clothes on, and and little uh, I don't know, uh, Mikey could say I now want to be known as Michelle, mm-hmm. and and the pronouns will change, the wardrobe will change, everything will change 
but the parents aren't allowed to know. And the justification for that, for those who don't understand it, is some people don't have a safe place to go home to, and they would be in a dangerous spot if they came out to their parents who don't want their kids to be gay and or trans or whatever the case may be. And and there's been a lot of pushback on that. And it started with uh, some East Coast provinces. Then it went out to Western Canada. And now I think it's coming up here in Ontario because the premier has said parents have a right to know what's going on with their kid at school. I don't see it being amb- ambiguous at all. It sounds to me like premier is going to go right in on this and he's going to say, hey, if your kid wants to change their pronouns, fine, go ahead and do it. But the parents are going to be informed. It does create a lot of confusion for the schools who feel really caught in the middle of this Mm -hmm. you know you're supposed to protect the child first and foremost yeah but at what point are you crossing a line by intentionally excluding information from parents about what their kids are up to at school now in the case of the federal conservatives at their convention this weekend what they said was they're going to make it a policy of the party that they will not uh fund transgender or uh, what is the way to put it? I, can I tell you, I hate talking about this because I really don't want to upset anybody. Any I don't transitioning? Wa- like, yeah. is it any transitioning of sorts? Yeah, no surgeries, no no oh, hormone therapies, nothing. We're not okay. going to allow kids under 18 to make that transition until they're an adult and capable of making that decision. I'll be honest with you, I see a lot of outrage about it on social media. I do. And there's some people who say it's cruel. It's some people who say it's inhumane to not allow these kids to transition. But I'm also seeing a lot of people say, that's good. We don't let kids get tattoos until they're 18. Because, and there's a reason for that. I think you have to put an age on it. I think you absolutely have to. And adulthood probably makes sense. You also don't want to have a situation where there's a child going through a phase. That happens, by the way. That Mm -hmm. has happened. Where a child has gone through a phase and thought they wanted something that they actually didn't, you know? Um, so that would be worrisome if you made any permanent choices, right? Yeah. And, that's and the I'm, way I see it. I think that that's what they're trying to avoid is they want people who make these decisions to make those decisions as an adult with with the ability to make decisions as an adult. I, I don't know how else to put it. But as I started saying a second ago, there are many things that you aren't allowed to do or to decide for yourself until you're an adult. Until then, it's at the discretion of your parents. And the government has said, we're going to make you wait until you're 18 before you start getting into the transitioning. And I don't see a ton of people disagreeing. I see a very loud group of people that disagrees. But it seems like just in the conversations that I have, the people that I hear from, that's something that people support. Yeah, um, I think so, too. I'm not seeing as much uh, outrage the other way, but maybe the voices are louder one way than the other. I don't know. Uh, But I do feel for those who are feel caught in the middle. Speaking of the convention that happened on the weekend, I'm not going to spend a whole ton of time on it, but there were a couple of federal cabinet ministers from the Liberal Party, obviously, that decided they were going to go to Quebec City and crash the conservative convention. They were going to show up and they were going to hijack the cameras and do their own news conference and steal the spotlight from the conservatives. It didn't quite go the way they thought it would. Let's start off here with Minister Pablo Rodriguez, who was doing a news conference. Minister, would you be able to tell us for the record what your... Minister, sorry. Would you be able to tell us for the record what your blood alcohol content was when you crashed your BMW? (laughs) Whoa. Minister... 
He did not like that question. No. Uh, here's another one. This is the environment minister, Stephen Gilbo, who also crashed the conservative convention on the weekend. Minister, did you ask your colleagues on the Chinese Communist Party Climate Committee whether or not they would quit interfering in Canadian democracy, or did you leave that alone? I have spoken with human rights uh, issues when I when I when I was in in, in China uh, just last week. Canadian democracy, though. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. I um. Yeah, I, I tried not to watch too much of it. It's so far from an election that uh, I was interested and I wanted to see Pierre Polyev's speech and his wife did a brilliant speech. She was fantastic, uh, but I didn't get too into it. I certainly got all your DMs and stuff throughout the weekend. So thank you for sharing with me what you were thinking when you were seeing it. But I chose to lay low and watch football this weekend. One more thing I want to play before we get to the Ashton and Mila thing is uh, back to Ford Fest on Friday. One of the protesters confronted the premier and it was a really interesting exchange because we see reporters confront the premier all the time. It's not very often that we get a citizen that does it. Listen to this. I look at all the, all the supporters in here. I don't worry about people being bust in all over the place to demonstrate. Absolutely, and I'll take care of them. Don't you worry. You do a better job of yeah. taking care of Ontarians. Oh, we're doing a good job, my friend. You are not doing a good job, my friend. Our schools are underfunded. That's fine. Guess what we guess what we do, my friend. You do a better job. I understand you think you're trying to do your best, but there are people in Ontario who are suffering. Back to the building homes. Yeah, it, it's uh, we have to build homes. Yes, obviously. the The protests, though, both sides, they seem to be getting a lot more aggressive. Have you noticed that the protesters outside Ford Fest on the weekend? Uh, well, there was no violence or anything like that. There was a lot of them. Yeah, I and you know what? I was considering going to that and then I thought, you know what? I think the pro if the protesters get a little too crazy, I don't know. I don't know if I'll be going. Uh yeah, there's does seem to be quite a bit though. Yes. Even the premier's motorcade had to be rerouted because when he tried to turn into Bingham's, the protesters blocked the way. Yeah. They, they waited a few minutes and then finally said fuck it, gave up and they went around to the back. That's kind of an unprepared situation, right? I don't understand why it was just his police vehicle going in there. I don't know why there wasn't uh, some marked police cruisers out in front to sort of clear the way. It seems like the ball got dropped on part of that. But either way, the people that went said they had a good time. The free burger, yeah, free hot dog. Free yeah, stuff is always speech. good. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. How was your weekend? It was good. I, I stayed close to home, did some organizational stuff, you know, cleaning, organizing, going through kids' clothes, all that kind of stuff. How are they doing with back to school? You getting all those birthday party invites? Already. I had to go shopping. For, I'm not kidding you. I had to go buy two presents this weekend. It was like full blown. Some parents, I think, just waiting for the beginning of, of, uh, of the school year because their kids kind of right on the brink where it's like, I want my friends to come, but you don't want to send out an invitation at the end of August for a birthday party. So they waited until first day of school. Uh, some of those scenarios. So yeah, I can't wait. Everyone's going to get sick soon. It'll be great. All so many parties everywhere. Just great. It's got to be coming, right? It's got (laughs) to be coming. You know what? I joke about it, but in all seriousness in my house, like I am waiting for it. Like I bought all the emergency ready to go. My kids are on vitamin C and fresh reminders about washing hands and doing what you can. But even with all of that said, uh, we know that there's probably going to be a little bit of a, there always is a little bit of an uptick in in illnesses. Let's just hope it isn't too bad. It's kind of strange because it seems like every time a story comes out about COVID and, and they're ramping it up, right? I mean, you don't have to look very far to find a ton of stories on 
new variants, and there's a new shot that they're going to approve this week by the U.S. FDA, which means Health Canada will rubber stamp it for here as well. Yeah. Uh, there's no way it won't get approved. And, and people are getting, they're already angry about what hasn't happened yet. And it's creating a really interesting divide because if I get the sniffles, I'm going to run as far away from people as possible because mm-hmm. I don't want to be, lo- you never know, right? Some of these people are like fanatical COVID crazies that are like, oh my yeah. God, we should all be wearing masks and locked down again now. And then you get other people that are like, I'm not going to comply. If they say mask mandates are coming back, I'm just not doing yeah. it. And I have a feeling this fall is going to be really, really interesting. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think it's going to be interesting. We can just practice our kindness, right? Go back to the original message after all the mandates were dropped and just be kind. If someone wants to wear a mask, they can. If you're wearing a mask and you're mad about other people, keep your, just keep quiet about it. Just don't do that. It's you your, know? Keep it's, to yourself. It's your own personal choice and you should never judge someone else for the personal choice exactly. that they make either. Leave it be. Flat out. Uh, Waterloo Region, where we broadcast one of our FM radio shows from on 91.5 The Beat, is dealing with an interesting situation. Today, a report is going to go before a council that talks about how dire the situation is for students. For those who don't know, Kitchener has got two universities and a college, Conestoga, U of W, Wilfrid Laurier. It's really busy this time of year in that area. They estimate that between the three institutions, they need 35,000 off-campus beds. They estimate we only actually have 3,000. That means there's about 5,000 students with nowhere to stay or in accommodations that they don't want to be in yeah. at all. Yeah, and I think a lot of those students, especially when they waited too long, it's almost like when you want to get a good cottage before the summer, you got to get on that shit in like February. Same kind of thing happened with a lot of these people trying to find residences or just places to live in and around that area. And if you went too late to try to find them, you find yourself trying to rent anything you possibly can, if you can even manage to, or you're at a place way outside the city that you're actually going to school in. And see, apparently a lot of this has to do with the number of international students that we're letting into Canada. And apparently we've grossly undercounted the number of them that are here. And and that also undercounts the amount of ones that we're letting in. If, If I got accepted to go to a school in, I don't know, India. I wouldn't just get on the plane and go to India. I'd find out where I'm going to live when I get there. And it seems that some of these people got their acceptance letter and just said, great, I'm moving to to Canada with absolutely no idea where they were going to stay or where they were going to go when they got here. Who the fuck does that? Yikes. That's a good question. Not my type of person. (laughs) Like, that's not me either. I would know exactly what's happening. Get to make sure I get the address, the door code. Give me all the info before I even fly there. So I know it's legit. Listen, if you've been accepted to go to, I don't know, fucking Humber or something like that, don't come here until you have a place to stay. You can't just land and go and look at a few apartments and move in tomorrow. It doesn't work like that. We have a massive shortage. And frankly, I mean, I get the ones in society around the, the, the city, the streets, that sort of thing. People need places to live and we don't have enough of them. I don't understand how that's an excuse for the universities and colleges. They know how many people they can accommodate in res. Mm-hmm. Why on earth would they let more people in than they can accommodate? Well, I think at a certain point, they don't care. Because if you don't get into res, it's always been that way, that you have to figure it out. You're renting a home then. You're not necessarily in a residence. You're renting a home and that's on you. So my son, I think everybody knows now, goes to school in the U.S. When he got his visa, <clears throat> by the way, the visa situation is fucked. I'll tell you is why it? in a second. Oh. When he got his visa the very first time, 
they had to know, and this is U.S. Customs when we crossed the border, before they would stamp his visa, they wanted to know, where are you going to be living? Let me see your bank account so you can prove you've got enough money to sustain yourself. Where is the income coming from? They wanted to know every detail to make sure that you could support yourself while you were there in America. And we had to go through a lot of paperwork, a lot of banking statements, all that sort of thing. Hmm. I guess we don't do that here. We just let anybody in as long as they've got an acceptance letter from Conestoga. Really? That doesn't. And and I like the way that the system works in the U.S. if that's the case. I mean, I don't know, but you you would think that we would try to do our due diligence because what do we not want? People without a place to live. Exactly. We have enough of that already. Have they not noticed? (laughs) uh, Jeez. Well, see, and this is the way it used to be. If you wanted to come here or go anywhere else, you needed a plan. Here's who you're going to be staying with or here's where you're going to live. Here's how you're going to support yourself. Here's... Everything. It was all laid out. And mm-hmm. I guess we're not doing that anymore for whatever reason. The reason that I say the visa situation is messed up is because if you're a Canadian and you've got a student visa to go to get educated in America, mm-hmm. one of the restrictions on that is you can't work because they don't want us Canadians going down there with a student visa and stealing Americans' jobs. It does not work that way here. If you're a student, you can work. You can earn money to try and support yourself and sustain yourself. Yeah. And and it's left a bit of a labor shortage in America. For us, it's a real tight job market right now. And I think that that's a combination of we've got a lot of international students. We've got a lot of people in general that need work. And there's a lot of seniors that have gone back into the workforce. I don't know if... Tons of them, Scott. Take a look at McDonald's, Costco, Lowe's, Home Depot. It's remarkable how many retirement age people are all of a sudden back in the yep. workforce. And I have a feeling it has everything to do with the yeah. cost of living. Absolutely. It does. I mean, you could probably speak to any of them and they will tell you, they'll probably be happy to let you know it's shitty right now because it, I mean, that's a problem. You don't want that. We don't want that. It should be when you're retired, you're retired and that's it. And you should be able to live off of everything that you've saved up up to that point. But that's not the case because of the cost of living. It's so true. I see it everywhere as well. It kind of goes back to uh, one of the commercials that you see a lot on TV right now where Pierre Polyev says, we had a deal. We had a deal that if you work hard and you follow the rules and you pay your taxes, you're going to get a nice home in a safe neighborhood and a great education system for your kids, a healthcare system that's sustainable. We had a deal. Mm -hmm. Somewhere along the line in the last five, 10 years, the deal got broken because now you can't save for retirement and afford to be able to live in the now. It's really, really frustrating, especially for those seniors who have worked all their lives and now to have to come out of retirement to take a part-time or even full-time job pouring coffee at Tim Hortons. It doesn't seem right, Kat. Yeah, exactly. And there is a difference, by the way, from those seniors who just want to do it and those who have to do it. And we're seeing more of those who have to do it. It's not one of those Oh, just to keep myself busy. It's not like that. No. It's to make ends meet. They've got to do it. They need the money. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. 
Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Hmm, what flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Let's talk about Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. Oh, boy. Are they Scientologists or do we not know? I don't believe so. I mean, nothing. I don't believe that they are. Uh, but we know that they've been good friends with Danny Masterson for many years. Um, we were talking about Danny Masterson sentencing last week. In case you need a refresher, 30 years to life in prison, raping two women two decades ago. Then we heard there were character letters that were written. Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis were among 50 people who agreed to write letters of support for Danny Masterson. In these letters, they ask for leniency in his sentencing, um, saying things like he is a role model, an exceptional character. Ashton also crediting him for helping him to avoid getting addicted to drugs. Okay, fine, well and good. Mila calling him an exceptional older brother figure and a guiding light. And as you could probably imagine, it rubbed people the wrong way. Now, I understand, and I learned a little bit more about character letters. You write these based on the person that you've, thought you knew I should say right it's not necessarily with the whole rapey thing involved it's who the who's the person I knew through all these years that's what you're supposed to write the letter on that said you have every right to refuse to write these letters but they went ahead and wrote them anyway they thought only the judge would see it nah they were released so here's what Ashton and Mila posted this weekend we are aware of the pain that has been caused by the character letters that we wrote on behalf of Danny Masterson. We support victims. We have done this historically through our work and will continue to do so in the future. A couple months ago, Danny's family reached out to us and they asked us to write character letters to represent the person that we knew for 25 years so that the judge could take that into full consideration relative to the sentencing. The letters were not written to question the legitimacy of the judicial system or the validity of the jury's ruling. They were intended for the judge to read and not to undermine the testimony of the victims or re-traumatize them in any way. We would never want to do that. And we're sorry if that has taken place. Our heart goes out to every single person who's ever been a victim of sexual assault, sexual abuse, or rape. Okay, we're going to play that again, but I'm going to interject a little bit of commentary as we play it. Before we get to that, what are people saying about this video? Because it looks like a hostage video, oh, first off. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, people are saying it's this is clearly their lawyer trying to get them to like, yeah, just do it just to be safe. Or their publicist. I should, sorry, I shouldn't say lawyer. Their publicist kind of forcing them to do it um, in the hopes that they keep all the deals that they currently have and it doesn't screw up their deals. I mean, yeah, it seems that way. Another comment that's interesting for me is uh, watching the differences between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Ashton's very laid back. You can hear it. I mean, you could hear it as we play it black. Listen, and Ashton's very much like, yeah, you know, guys, this was meant to be this. And Mila's more like, I am reading a script and this is what I was told to say. And you wonder if there's an argument between the two of them or if they both agreed to do this. And there's way more. We'll, we'll do this again, guys, but there's way more to this story because one of the accusers is also seemingly accusing Ashton of stuff in the past. But let's go through this for a little bit here. We are aware of the pain that has been caused by the character letters that we wrote on behalf of Danny Masterson. We support victims. We have done this historically through our work and will continue to do so in the future. What does that mean? We're aware of the pain. We continue to support victims. But you still wrote a letter to try and get a convicted double rapist a lighter sentence. 
It can't be the same thing, you dipshits. You can't support victims and request that the attacker get a lower sentence. Well, I do find it interesting that they do have, like, uh, I don't know, do they have their own foundation? Is that what it is? But they do have or have backed foundations before, specifically when it comes to child violence, something in that area. And I don't recall off the top of my head what it is. But now hearing about this and wondering if they've helped to cover up anything, I, I question things. And that's just me. Just just talking. No proof to anything, but it does make me wonder. Remember when I told you on Friday that I would do a little bit of reading up on Scientology? Yeah. I went down the rabbit hole. You did. <laughs> Dave warned you not to do that. I went down the rabbit hole. <laughs> and from what I hear, and very few people will name names, which is concerning at the same time. But from what I hear, Hollywood is a sleazy, dirty, scummy, shitty place that has probably exploited so many children in various scenarios and circumstances that it's gross, completely gross. And and I really hope that somebody is looking into this because if nobody's looking into this, I have to think they're probably in on it. Why on earth do we have an FBI not looking into this? It's very, very concerning, some of the stuff that, that has come up. But I'm not going to bring any of that up now because we're talking about Ashton and Mila. I could go on about this conspiracy. Maybe maybe we'll do a conspiracy theory podcast at some point where we can really dive deep there. Interesting, because I had that conversation too. And somebody corrected me and said, why did you call that a conspiracy theory? And there's I thought, enough fact. They think there's enough fact. It's hard to yeah. argue yeah, yeah, that yeah. there isn't enough fact yeah. or at least enough to start looking into it. Yeah, absolutely. So we will. We'll, we'll, we'll do that because there's a few different areas in Hollywood we could we could talk about. Back to the video. But let's go back here. A couple months ago, Danny's family reached out to us and they asked us to write character letters to represent the person that we knew for 25 years so that the judge could take that into full consideration relative to the sentencing. The letters were not written to question the legitimacy of the judicial system or the validity of the jury's ruling. Listen here, dipshit. (laughs) I don't know why, but they're both rubbing me the wrong way in this. You are questioning it. You are. This is a double convicted rapist. Rapist. He raped at least two women. Convicted. You trying to get him a lighter sentence? using your celebrity to do it or your past experience or whatever it is that you're using to try and convince the judge to give him a lighter sentence is a horrible look. The the judge, the jury, the law should give him the maximum possible. And there's a lot of people that would agree if you rape somebody, if you murder somebody, you don't see the light of day again. These guys were trying to get him a lighter sentence. They admit that they were trying to get the judge to be lenient by telling anecdotal stories from when they were filming that 70s show and probably drunk on set all day. It's a horrible look. Here's a little more. They were intended for the judge to read. And In other words, we didn't expect you would ever see them. Yep. You think they would have written it if they knew the public would see it? Because I don't think they would. Not with this backlash they're facing now, probably. Well, no, I think that they might have still, and I'll explain why coming up not to undermine the testimony of the victims or re-traumatize them in any way. We would never want to do that. And we're sorry if that has taken place. Our heart goes out to every single person who's ever been a victim of sexual assault, sexual abuse, or rape. Yeah, maybe if it truly does go out to anybody who's ever been victimized, maybe you stop trying to get lighter sentences for the people who have been convicted of doing it. Okay, are you ready to go down? By the way, uh, before we go down this, why would they do it? And my theory on why. They weren't the only ones. I said 50, five zero character letters. And several of them were in Hollywood. 
Deborah Joe Rupp and Kurtwood Smith, Red and Kitty on that 70s show, also wrote letters. Really? Now, they're they're not getting dragged as much as Ashton and Mila are. Because they're not as high profile. Because they're not as high profile, exactly. Um, apparently, several several cast members did, except for Topher Grace, Topher Grace, who was like the star of that 70s show, essentially. Back in the day, and I remember like reading like Teen Beat and shit. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, it probably wasn't Teen Beat, but you know what I mean? Like you would read articles about how Topher... And here's how it was written. Thought he was better than the rest of the cast because he didn't hang out with him as much. But now that people are looking back, they're realizing, did he not hang out with him as much? Because he knew shit was going on and he wanted nothing to do with it. And that's the reason why. Probably. Possible. So then we ask the question. You asked a great question. Do you think they would have still written it if they had known? The answer might still be yes. And the reason why. There's another layer to this. Danny Masterson's accuser, her name is, one of them, is Chrissy Carnell Bixler. Quick to respond to this video and the letters that Ashton and Mila wrote. This is according to her. Ashton is just as sick as Danny Masterson. Mm. Here's what she writes in an Instagram post. Ashton, I know the secrets your role model keeps for you. She added, she didn't say what the secret was, by the way, but she added something for Mila as well telling her that she hopes that she begins to process what she experienced as a child on that set. She goes on to talk about Ashton. Did you forget I was there? You were on speakerphone that night. You called Danny, February 21st, 2001. She's got an exact date. She's even got dates. I heard everything. I heard the plan. In my opinion, you're just as sick as your mentor. I pray you begin to process, Mila, what you experienced. Your old interviews are very telling. And you guys forgot I was there the whole time, those first five years of that 70s show. So this is someone he had dated. Don't forget, right? Um, You could still rape someone you're dating and was around the scene. So she's not giving details. And at this point, I feel like you shouldn't allude to things unless you're telling us what they are. I mean, we all would like to know what it is. Mila, for those who wonder, was 14 years old when she started on that 70s show. She lied to get the job, for those who don't know. She'll even tell you that story. She lied to get the job. She didn't tell them she was 14. I think she said she was 17 or something like that. Ashton was 19. Danny was about a year older than him. So Danny's already like 20 years old when the show starts. So she seems to be alluding to me, Scott. This is what I'm hearing. This is what I'm figuring might have happened. Danny Masterson has shit on Ashton Kutcher and slash Mila Kutis. Mila Kutis' life would be fucking ruined if something happened to Ashton. That's her husband. He has shit. Write a character letter. If you don't, let's see what happens with all the stories and all the things I know about you. Oh, maybe you're next. Maybe that forced his hand to write these letters and in turn forced Mila's hand to write these letters because she doesn't want her husband to be accused of anything or to have this brought to light. Is there something to that? Very well, it could be. Yeah. Why do we still not have the flight logs from Epstein Island? Why do we still <laughs> not know? Honestly, uh, there's too many things going on right now. There's too many stories about people being sexually attacked and assaulted and so on and so forth. Many of them young, underage people for us to just keep ignoring this. Why do we not know Epstein's client list? Why can we not know more about these Scientologists here? And what is the connection between, like, senior Scientologist Danny Masterson and and now the the Ashton mm-hmm. Kutcher Mila Kunis shit? Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear some more about that as well. Or someone, people know things. There's people who know things, and they're not saying anything. Why? Because they're afraid. And then we all know what they're afraid of.
are they afraid of being killed? Are they afraid that their career is going to be canceled? Or are they afraid because they also did some shitty shit and they everybody's got dirt on each other? Could be any number of those things. Yes. I mean, yes to all of that, depending on the situation. She added, I don't know if you have access to your email on that side, but there's a lot of people that are bringing up shit from the past now about Ashton Kutcher. When you watch this at the time, do you remember when he hosted Punked? Yep. When you watch this at the time, there's a lot of things that we got away with, that people got away with on television in the early 2000s, right? Even in the early 2000s, people said shit on TV that today would fucking cancel and ruin them. But just so you know, and you're aware, there's also a lot of old videos of Ashton Kutcher saying some shit that's uh, going around, like this clip here. Hillary Jump is in Lizzie McGuire. She also has an album out. Um, she's going to be in a movie called Cheaper by the Dozen. And she's one of the girls that we're all waiting for to turn 18, along with the Olsen twins. Any 15-year-old Hillary Jump. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. You know, so little things like that. And and sometimes it makes a difference to people. Sometimes it doesn't. But that is also going viral right now. Am I remembering it right? Wasn't Fez a piece of shit, too, on that show? Oh, that's a great question. Because he's not, he's not mentioned in any of this. No, but he was the one who was linked to be dating Lindsay Lohan and dating this Hollywood starlet and that Hollywood starlet. And the list goes on and on and on. Wilder, Wilmer Valderrama is that's the one that you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that you're thinking of. Um he said stuff about him in the past. Um, I don't believe he was he was one of the people that wrote letters, though. I don't. I'm not seeing his name here. Hmm. Okay. Well, either way, I uh, I think it's very telling that they wrote that letter. I don't know why they wrote that letter. The fact that they thought it was a good idea to come out and put that video out. This is Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis, multi-millionaires, so many resources, and they put out a video that looks like they shot it on an iPhone 6 in the darkest room of their home. Do you think they did it too soon? I feel like they probably reacted too soon. They, they just wanted to get it out there, and I understand wanting to just be like, oh, fuck, let's just get something out there now. But I almost, I almost think it looks so cold and so calculated that they it made might have been smarter for them to wait a little bit and figure out what was the smartest move Again, but it all depends on what happened what really happened here and i don't know if we'll ever get that answer and it's frustrating why on earth would they put out a video where they just contradict themselves throughout the whole thing i don't know why they did that were they apologizing to the victims for having wrote the letter no no they were apologizing that? if any of the victims were upset or triggered because of the letter they weren't they were not unapologetically yeah, they yeah, wrote a letter yeah. to try and get a convicted double rapist a lighter sentence i mean i think a lot of people credited ashton for dealing with the danny masterson thing when he did which was when they were filming the ranch for those who don't know they had a show called the ranch <laughs> which was a really good show, a really good show on Netflix. And when this all came to light about Danny Masterson, he was in the middle of filming and they killed off his character like immediately. And at the time, Ashton really wouldn't speak to it, but people thought, oh, he's, he's, he's for this. Like he's for this movement of get him off, get that piece of shit off the service. But he wouldn't say anything at the time. So I am curious how he, how he truly felt about it at that time. Did he realize it? Did he, does Danny know something about him? I guess I mean, it's possible, right? And on that, we will say, have a fantastic Monday, everybody. Again, apologies. There isn't going to be a new episode tomorrow. This is a work thing. It's a meeting that we have to attend. So uh, we'll be back on Wednesday with a new After 9. Uh, anything we got to do before we go? Uh, I think. 
think that's about it. Taylor Swift tickets all this week yes. on the Scott and Cat show. Yeah, we didn't we didn't end up giving any away today, which just means more tickets in the Taylor Swift era's bank for you. Let me just say uh, regarding those Taylor Swift tickets, though, if you were one of the people who heard the montage and wanted to call in and guess the songs, we know it was hard. I know. It was really, really hard today. And and the rules state that we're going to keep going with this one until somebody gets it. After we get through this montage, there's going to be some easier ones that'll yeah. make things a little bit better for you. We so, just wanted to start off with some h- harder for the for the Swifties. And yeah, like Scott said, it, it w- should get easier as the week continues. But we're determined to give away a lot of pairs of Taylor Swift tickets. So you can hear us on Energy 95.3 in Hamilton, Toronto, Niagara, Halton, and the list goes on. Waterloo Region, Guelph, uh, even as pretty close to London. 91.5 The Beat is where you can hear us in the morning. Have a great day, guys. Feel free to reach out by text 1-833-915-SHOW, and we'll see you Wednesday. Bye, friends.